He's always listening. He's like, he's like the government eagle eye. You know, watch that movie with uh, Severus Snape, whatever. Alan Rickman. You know, one time I like reread the Harry Potter series, and I, I was like reading the scene where Snape dies, and I like I was like crying, and then I like went to bed, and the next morning was when Alan Rickman died. Oh my god! And I was like, <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> Did you read a lot of Harry Potter growing up? or No, not at all, actually. My brother really liked it. Um, like, my brother was the Harry Potter person where he would reread, like, quite often. And I was just like, whatever. And I read the series for the first time in, like, high school, like, late high school. Is there any series that you did read growing up? Um, I was really into Hunger Games. I went to the midnight premiere. Oh, the first one? Yes. And it was, like, with a bunch of my... English class like friends and I remember my mom being like why are you going to the movies at midnight and I was like please mom like it's fine I'll be fine yeah Yeah. like I'll be fine I'm with like a whole bunch of other people like even some of their parents are going to be there because like they were also interested in that and like um I don't know you know and I was I just remember my mom being like no was was it everything you could have imagined and more um yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> but I was kind of disappointed because I'm always disappointed when yeah. because movies tend to be not as like right. detailed it's, as books. It's also never as great as your imagination can yes, make it. You know? Yeah. Your imagination has the best special effects. Yes. <laughs> Until we get to that point. I don't I wonder when that'll be. When in like 40 <laughs> years, like, wow, I couldn't even imagine that yeah. happening. <laughs> like, that's better than my imagination. <laughs> Yeah. Hoj, I want to ask if you had a, any particular hot take that you hold dear. I think it has something to do with rewatching. If it was like, hey, you have to watch this movie like every day for the rest of your life or something. I think I'd be able to do it. I'm sure you noticed things that you didn't notice the previous times you watched them. But do, do you think that contributes to why you like to watch them? Or is that just interesting part of it? I think part of that contributes to it. But I think the biggest factor is like, Rewatching it at or rereading or rewatching things at different points of time in my life. Mm, so, like, interesting when I watch something when I was in high school versus now, or like, you know, it's like I always view it differently. A lot of those uh, older movies that ha- that are a little deeper than we would expect, and they tend to have darker, deeper themes yeah, that we don't yeah. notice. I'm like, huh, that's uh. <laughs> I was too dumb as a kid to realize that, but now I'm an adult and yeah. a little less dumb. Or like the adult jokes that you miss mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what goes through your head when you're re-watching those movies? Are you like in- invested, like interested in it? Or is it you're just kind of mindlessly watching it? Obviously, parts of it, I'd just be mindlessly watching it. I guess it just makes it feel like a part of a routine mm. I have. Yeah. So it's kind of like... I don't know. My, my my thought goes to when I was in fifth grade, I spent the night at my friend's house like every weekend. Mm-hmm. And we always watched Mulan. It was like we every would time. watch Mulan every time. I don't know why, how both of us were okay with that. But every time we watched Mulan and then we would watch another, a different movie, like that movie of the night. It was like the trailer for the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. movie. Like so weird. And even times where we were like, okay, let's just watch a different movie first. And then if we're tired, we can go to sleep. We always still watched Mulan. But you don't have any particular fondness for Mulan? Or... Well, it is one of my favorite Disney movies. Okay, okay. And I can still like rewatch it now. I'm sure you could quote it at this point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just yes. the entire movie. Yep. 
And, but it was weird. Like thinking back, I'm like, that was so weird. Like, how did we do that? Was this when you were a lot younger or was it? No, this, this was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's pretty young, pretty young. I, I know like younger kids, they could just watch the same thing uh, yeah. all the time. And <laughs> the parents are like, oh my gosh, how do you guys do this? <laughs> like turn it off. <laughs> yeah, please. Anything else. Yeah. I heard from a friend that you were part of the, uh, I, I can't pronounce this, but the Bangra dance team? Yeah, you pronounced it correctly. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, actually, I just went to a competition in Kentucky this past competition? weekend. Competition? Yes. Wow, you're, so, you're still into it. Okay, yeah, I thought it was a college show. Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, I started it freshman year of college, did it all four years. Never imagined I would do it after graduation, but here I am. I just went to a competition in Louisville. That's, did you fly there or did you drive there? Um, I drove with oh a friend. My, that's eight hours, right? Yeah, I drove with a friend, but other, like my teammates, I think, I think I was the only one that drove. Mm. All of my, the rest of my teammates flew. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Wait, that's kind of lonely then, yeah? Oh, it's because I was with a friend okay, who yeah. came with me gotcha. and um, he's like unfamiliar with like, Bangra and it was mm. like his first time and I just yeah so I just thought I'd keep him company because yeah, he, he be fun, had right? to drive yeah right. yeah and so yeah um it's just this traditional Indian dance it's like I don't know when I normally when people think Indian dance they think of either Bollywood or like belly dancing sure. or something but this is it originates from North India from Punjab and it's very like high energy, high cardio, hmm. like very good exercise. <laughs> and I just got into it very randomly. I just never heard of it before. There's like a longer story. I don't know. Do you want the long version yeah, or the short I was version? About, I was about <laughs> yeah. to ask you how you got into it because it's not something that's I know anyone <laughs> who participates <laughs> in. So. Yeah. So um, during college, my freshman hallmate was like, oh, like someone should audition for the Bunger team with me. And I mean, I didn't think of anything of it. I just kind of ignored it. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, you know, and then she kept saying it. And I just kept like, I was just like, whatever. And then I went to um, our, so in college, I was in Agape Christian Fellowship, ACF. And when we went there, it was like a time of small talk. Cause I'm a freshman. I'm still getting to know everyone. And we were talking about hobbies and like, I was like, oh yeah, I like to like sing and dance and like, do sports and just like, you know, be involved in these things. And this girl was like, you should join the bunker team. And I was like, what is that? Like, why do <laughs> I keep, tell me what yeah. this is. Like, yeah. why does it keep following me? And she's like, yeah, it's like a dance team. And I was like, you know, I, what Bungra is now, like, I, that's not what I was imagining when she said dance team, because my <laughs> primary interest is like urban dance or like hip hop or sure, stuff like that. Right. So then um, I, I like waited for my freshman hallmate to ask again. And she's like, yeah, like, please, like someone should go with me. It's like tomorrow. And I was like, I'll go with you. And so we both went, I wasn't planning on like auditioning. I was just planning on like learning being the there, choreo. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. And just like being there with her. So she's not lonely. And then I did audition and then I made it. And then I was like, oh, well, okay. Like I'll just do it. You made it the your the first wait so sorry you learned it and then auditioned the same day or is it a different day? Um, I think we had if I'm remembering correctly, I think we like learned the choreo, and then like two days later we auditioned or something like that. 
weird or not weird um i just felt a little bad i guess because hmm. like my fr- freshman hallmate um girl that went with me she didn't make it she, oh my <laughs> so gosh that's so the plot twist right yeah there. and then i was Ooh. like oh oh oops like oh, man. <laughs> i bet she kind of wished she didn't invite you then i don't know but i yeah and i stuck with it like all four years um she didn't re-audition the next year which i think she should have slash could have but yeah i just i felt very like oh awkward about yeah, it yeah 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 so are you a dancer beside just the bangra or is well in college i w- was involved with just like two other groups like just briefly two other groups, yeah. no like very very briefly because like one group um they needed a dancer to fill in so i only went with them to like one showcase like I wasn't really like officially part of that team and then another group I was a part of the team for my senior year but I only did it for like one semester so it wasn't like a big part of my college life like it was just like ah senior year why not I'll try out and let's just do it and I kind of wish I'd tried out earlier but it's okay (laughs) it was fine yeah it was fun yeah so what keeps you sticking with Bangra then I have no idea. I really don't know. Like initially. But you enjoy it though, right? Yeah. 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 I have a lot of fun. I think after graduation, um, I was, I was reminiscing and I was just like, oh, I miss my friends. And like, I miss competition vibes. And I miss like being on stage, like having fun, like dancing with my friends, like having people in the crowd who like enjoy this culture and this dance like you know that energy I guess I was like reminiscing and then um coincidentally my friend posted on her story like hey the team that she's on it's called DCBC um we're having auditions like we're having tryouts and I was like yo like should I try out and she's like yes like come like join us again like dance with me again (laughs) and I was like okay and then I tried out made DCBC um so I was part of that since like I think last April so it's been about like a year over a year and then this past competition in Kentucky um my like two of my very good friends from college like the three of us did bunger together and we were able to perform together oh that's nice last weekend and it was amazing because one of them she's in California for grad school wow um I was in Korea for a short time my other friend was in DC um, and now like that weekend we were all together on stage again. So it was very like, I don't know. I had a great time. (laughs) That sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Did you guys place at the competition? Um, Unfortunately we didn't actually we tied for third. (sighs) Um, And then I think the judges placed us fourth, you know, for whatever reason, like I kind of forget the details right now, but also something that happened that was like frustrating for our team was our lighting cues got messed up. Oh, so for an entire like segment, it was like just strobes, oh, like flashing. Yeah, and so like I remember going back and rewatching the video, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like even on stage, it was kind of distracting because right. it was just like yeah. kind of constant like flashing, and so our team was very frustrated about that, and our friends in the crowd. They were like, yeah, we were like, when is this gonna stop? And it just like <laughs> didn't stop for like a minute. <laughs> And so, yeah. Oh, sounds like a great time. Do you, do you have any more competitions coming up? I think competition season just ended. Okay, so this gotcha. is like the last one for now. 
Um, they should start up like a few here and there in the fall, but like spring is like the most, it's like the heavier competition. And season. what's the f- frequency of you guys practicing? Is that like a weekly thing or? In season, it's pretty often like three times a week or so. But three times a week. Yeah. Dang. And how long's the season? Like a couple um, months? I would say like we were really busy starting after the holidays, like after New Year's, like sometime in January all the way to now. Um, there were like wow. a few competitions we went to. I didn't go to every single one um, because I just, that was when Omicron was rising again. And I just didn't feel comfortable like traveling and being in a place with a lot of people. So I didn't do the other comps, but um, yeah. So once it gets heavy, it's like, or like the normal like competition practice schedules, like three times a week. But then starting when, as it gets closer, it gets to be a lot like, like all weekend practices or like um, practicing almost like every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit, little known fact, Quedge and I went to the same college, but we're, we didn't overlap or did we overlap? We did overlap By for a year? one year. Okay, so I graduated 2016, you graduated 2019. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. Yep, I was a freshman when you were a senior. Yeah, and <laughs> I didn't leave my dorm room, so we never <laughs> met, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, did you enjoy your time in college or? I did. I did. And you're still in school now, right? But for, you're studying to become a licensed counselor, right? Yeah. So I am in grad school getting my master's in counseling to be a mental health therapist. And if everything goes well, I graduate in December. Wow. That's so, and you started last year, two years ago. I started like fall of 2020 okay yeah. okay so two years ago mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha and, and how did why did you choose to pursue being coming a licensed counselor Ooh, this is a also a long-winded like you want the short version of the long version kind a of long question version. let's get into it <laughs> all right let's get into it so um i i was someone who never like knew what i wanted to do or ah scratch that like you know when i was younger i always wanted to be a teacher so like they asked me like what I, what I want to be. And I would say teacher in like a genuine way. It wasn't like a, oh, girls usually choose to be teachers and mm. guys usually choose to be like, I don't know, like firefighters or something like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it wasn't like that stereotypical, like, I want to be a teacher. It was like, I really genuinely wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and that stuck with me even through high school. But um. Having a mother who loves and cares for me, who hoped that I would, it's like the classic stereotypical, like, oh, you should be a doctor Mm, and like, you should be a this or that. And like, you know, she's saying it because she wants the best for me. But yeah, I was very like, oh, I don't know, you know? And like, I remember at some point in my life, I was just like, yeah, like, I want to be an anesthesiologist just to like. Very specific. Just to like. I don't know, like get my mom off my back kind of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just to say something, I guess. Um, but then in high school, I. This was a big like prayer topic of mine. Like. I would always be like, you know, God, like, what do you what is it that you want me to do? Like, what should I do kind of thing? And in high school, I went to a sleepover with a friend. And I wasn't even like particularly like super, super close with her, Mm -hmm. but 
she actually like disclosed to me about like what she was going through. And it was very like, you know, all mental health related, like, um, yeah, just like self-harm, like eating disorders, a lot of, uh, depression, like anxiety, like, you know, those kind of thoughts that I never imagined that like she would be going through and things like that. And I felt very, um, I don't know, for someone to share something like that with me, I felt very, um, compelled to action or compelled to action. Yes, for sure. And even a bit like grateful and even a bit like, it was just more like, thank you for showing me that part of your life. Um, and because like, I'm someone that's not that good at vulnerability. Mm. And so just like hearing that, I was just like, whoa. And I just felt this, like, I don't know. I would describe it as that is one of my God moments in my life of like, Mm -hmm. I just really felt like I had an answer. Like God was like giving me an answer of like, Hey, like this is an option. Like this is an answer. I'm like showing you like, um, and so, yeah, I I felt that. And that was like the first time I thought like, I think I want to do something related to mental health, but even then, even until college, like I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I constantly struggled with it. I applied to college undecided, chose my major, like, because I had to, (laughs) otherwise there'd be like a hold on my like registration or something, you know? Good old William. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like, even then I was like, oh, like, what should I choose? And I was like, I'll just choose psychology because it's broad and like, I can just do anything with it after graduation. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, like going into college, I told people like, I want to do music therapy. Mm. Um, But even then, I feel like it was still something just to tell people, you know, just to give people an answer. And always like a part of me, I was constantly thinking about that, but I just never had like that. I never had the like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. Right, right. Um. And then, and then, oh yeah, so I graduated. Um, I went to Korea actually, lived there for a little under a year. My parents moved back to Korea when I was a senior in high in college. So that's kind of why I moved back just to like be with them because um, it's only like me and my brother and my parents, you know, I could tell like they, I mean, they've always really cared about us and they've always had like, a big heart for us as like most parents do but yeah so I went and honestly a big incentive for me was I didn't want to go to grad school <laughs> so going to Korea I was like I don't need to go to grad school because I think I'd be able to like find a job and you know um, be okay not going to grad school so yeah to be honest that was a great incentive but yeah I went and then um, stuff happened I decided to come back even coming back, I was not thinking about grad school. I was just thinking, oh, like I'll live in Nova. I'll find a job there. There are plenty of opportunities there. Um, but like I came back March, 2020. So that was when everything shut down. Right. Yep. No one was hiring. No one was doing anything. And I was like, ooh, um, well, I got to like go like Do live. Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like 
pay rent, pay bills somehow. So I ended up like getting a retail job. Um, cause like that was the only thing that was like really open, I guess at that point in time. And during that time I was still like, okay, like I wasn't really like fretting. I was just like, okay, like we'll just have to see what's up. Like, right. all right, like let's, what's gonna happen next? yeah, what's going to happen. And so still again, high prayer topic of like, you know, God, what do you want me to do? Like, how do you want to use me in my life? And like, how do you want me to be like affecting people? Like, how do you want me to be living in a way that like reflects Jesus and what I do kind of thing? And I don't know. I just like the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, I was like, oh, I think this is like the, like the counseling stuff. Like this is what I really want to do. And so shortly after I looked into grad schools and like applied and. Now you're in the process. Yeah, yeah. Made it. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. It, is it, is the schooling pretty much what you expected it to be? Yes and no. Like the initial was actually not what I expected it to be, but now that I'm in it and stuff, it, it is kind of what I expected. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a lot of self-reflection mm. and it's a lot of like, I feel like I need to take care of my stuff first or like my stuff as well in the process of like helping others. And so sometimes it is very like heavy and it's more than academic, um, academics. So like a part, like in those times, it is kind of like harder in the sense that it's like, it's not like tests or exams or essays or whatever that I have to worry about. It's about like my emotions and like mm -hmm. my like underlying beliefs or like morals or something that, you know, I have to deal with or my own happiness spinnings, incidents, traumas, and things like that. So, yeah. Is it kind of like you don't feel like you're apt to, to help people until you can figure out yourself? Or is it more like you just need to finish going through those things before you think you're at a good spot to be able to start doing that? I think it's just more of like, I think that's what therapists should do. And I think that's what the school is trying to help us do so that we can do it now rather than when we are licensed and in our career. Um, and like a big thing that my school like emphasizes is like trying our hardest not like to prevent burnout, you know? So like we're trying to be equipped with what we can to not go through that so that we can be consistent and that we can be the most like helpful and be in the most um, like stable place um, when we are out of school and things like that. So yeah, very reflective. Um, a lot of us always are like, okay, enough with these reflections. <laughs> like, uh, Teach us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what specifically are you trying to pursue in, in your counseling? Yeah, so right now I'm just still, I'm in my internship process still. And I'm still trying to be very open. I am on the um, like child and adolescent track because with that, I can do both children, adolescents and adults. So in my head, I was like, you know, why not? Like, I just kind of want to be the most broad I can be. But um, like, so 
in my internship, I'm just trying to experience a lot of things before like deciding what I want to like specialize in, which I feel like I've, I've noticed that's a tendency I have of like, I don't know, I guess you can call it indecisiveness, but also like openness. Mm, Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to experience a lot before I like hone in on something, but I'm actually, I've been a lot interested in like art therapy and play therapy with children and adolescents or just in general. Um, (laughs) Cause in college I actually minored in art. Yeah. Initially I wanted to do music therapy. Now I'm still open to it, but I am also interested in like art therapy and play therapy now. Can you briefly go over just a couple of types of therapy? Yeah. So I think like a lot of the types of therapy, I guess it comes from different like theories. And so if we're talking about play therapy, I think that's like a big umbrella and under play therapy is like art therapy, um, like sand tray. There's like, I don't know, like puppet therapy and like music therapy, I guess it could fall under play therapy, but I'm not really so too sure about the music therapy part. But um, yeah, in that aspect, that's like the umbrella that those topics are under. But then regarding theories, so like my program is more like psychodynamic oriented, which is more like holistic and more like the typical, I guess, like in quotes, typical, like talk therapy and like the, how do you feel kind of thing, but you know, more evolved from that because the whole, how do you feel, you know, is very like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then something on the rise right now is like CBT, which is like cognitive behavioral therapy, which a lot of insurances prefer because that's, that is kind of more, um, it can be more like session based. So a lot of insurances will be like, oh, maybe like 10 sessions of cognitive CBT, like we'll cover that. And that's like kind of doable in the sense like versus psychodynamic, which like we really are digging deep and like we're really trying to find the root cause. And not, I mean, this might be like a my own bias because I, I kind of prefer that kind of um, theory and like alignment, but. Yeah. And there's like solution oriented um, and just different, like just all like Adlerian, all these like theorists, like names that go into those like um, types of therapy. And honestly, some of sometimes I do think the like, for example, CBT, like you do need some behavioral fixes to help like your thoughts, like the cognition, like, you know, that part of it. So I think it's just like, um, it's all different fit for different people and even for different therapists because there are therapists who really can't like they're they can't bring themselves to do a certain type of therapy and they just know they're not good at it and that's when they would like refer to other people and things like that and that were like that would be the most like ethical decision mm-hmm, <laughs> instead of right. like trying to Taking just money. keep them yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so yeah I don't know if that really answered that question no, but yeah great yeah <laughs> Is is there a difference between counseling and, and therapy or are they one and the same? You know, I, you know, I thought about this question and we learned, this is like one of the first things that we touched upon in grad school. Cause I remember I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want to know too, because they had like difference of like counseling 
a counselor versus a therapist versus a psychologist versus a psychiatrist or a social worker and things like that. And at that time, I was like, oh, yeah, like this makes sense. And I remembered I retained it. But at this point, I'm like, uh, it like slips my mind. Yeah, no worries. worries. Yeah. However, like. um, I just think for me, how I differentiate is just counselor can be very. um, Broad, broad and kind of to anything. So I think of counselor, like you could, you could be a guidance counselor, a school counselor or a camp counselor or, you know, that counseling can kind of go anywhere in a good way, like in a, it can be used in a broad term. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just feel like therapists kind of use, are people that use like interventions and treatment plans and things like that to kind of help that process in a goal-oriented way. But all in all, I think like counselor versus therapist in terms of what I do in my field is like pretty interchangeable. Gotcha, gotcha. So if someone were to want to start looking for their first therapist or counselor, what are things that they should look out for? Or is it just something that they should just jump into the first person that they think they might get along with? Yeah, no, that's a great question. But I think this goes with any like appointment kind of oriented thing of like, look to multiple places, you know, something to look for, I guess, is like the initial contact of like how they're responding. Um, What are, is their website updated? Like who is taking care of these like appointment scheduling? Is it like a front desk person? Is it the actual therapist or counselor? Like, because we, we as counselors learn like, the intake starts there when people are coming for help and like the response time is like, Oh, they got back to me like five days later, like in those five days, like that person really wanting to seek that help, their minds can change or like something can happen, you know? So it's kind of like the initial contact I think is very important even for clients to consider. Um, Something else to look for is there are many different styles out there. So looking into them would be helpful in the sense of like, if you don't know what something is, just quick, like Google search, look into it. See if you agree with it. Yeah. See if that person or like um, that person in that style is something that you would want. Because if I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about my feelings and I really want to get into the depth of things. And I go to someone who is like, yeah, so let's figure out like a solution right away of like how we can like fix something. It's like, there's going to be that um, tension there. So I think those couple of things would be good things for people to look for beforehand. So I, I personally go see a counselor, but I remember the kind of introductory period takes a long, it took a long time for me to kind of just talk about myself even, right? So with that taking, you know, maybe four weeks or so, or four sessions, do you think it'd be wise for people to just try to continue with that and then maybe after a prolonged period of time they can choose to switch or do you think if they can already tell that it's kind of if you just move on so something that happens a lot in school is like we'll ask questions and a lot of times the professors will answer with it depends and I feel like that is what happens a lot in this field of like you know it depends because There are some people who will come in during intake and you won't really have to ask much and they will just pour out. Like, they'll just be like, yeah, like this is me and this is what happened and like this and that. But then there are some people who don't say much. Like you look at their intake questionnaire 
And it's very like, no, yes, I I don't know. Or like, don't answer. Like they didn't answer or something. Um, and so, and there are people um, who come in for the intake and then have a few sessions and they choose like, ah, you know, let's just not. Because like client wants like a faster rapport building kind of timeline, which is fine. Um, I think for me personally, as a counselor, I wouldn't take that personally. I do know sometimes as like early counselors that can be kind of like a hit to right, the, right. um, Ego like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Enough. Yeah. Like, I'm not, am I good enough? But I just think like, um, for me, I just try to have that like underlying, like, you know, it's okay. Like not everyone's for me. Like I'm not for everyone. And I just want that person to have the best fit. So if they don't, if they don't think I'm their best fit, I would much rather them. Right. Get the help. Get it. Yeah. Get it. uh, Like end session with me quickly so they can get help elsewhere rather than like sitting through with me thinking like, man, this is so painful. Like maybe thinking that therapy doesn't work even. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, I would much rather have them move on. However, if the tendency for that person is to just jump from person to person, you know. Like maybe self-evaluate, mm-hmm. including in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Which like sometimes it might be hard for them to see that. And maybe that looking at their records, that could be something I could help with and kind of try and hold them longer because I'm noticing that pattern. But yeah. So how would you encourage people who are seeking mental health um, but struggle to push themselves to take action. I, I know there's resources like Psychology Today, right? That it, it lists all the psychologists in the area. Um, but yeah, do you know if any steps that you could think of personally? Honestly, I feel like that's a, a lot of people who are like, yeah. oh, I probably should do this, but yeah. for different reasons, like they don't know their insurance or whatever. Right, they right. just kind of put down the back burner. My initial reaction to that is like, why is it in the back burner? Why is that person putting it off? Is it truly because they are busy or is it because they think they're ready, but they're not quite ready, you know, to get into that? Is it their fear of still being judged by their therapist? Is it their fear of judgment from other people of like the stigma that it can possibly carry in their life, like, and who they're surrounded by? Is it something to do with like their behavior of like, for example, if this person is a barely big procrastinator, or if this person is a really anxious person, it's like even that in and of itself, that first step of seeking is like harder. So I guess that would be my initial question of like, you know, why is it kind of harder for you to reach out and kind of do your thing and seek that? But in terms of suggestions, honestly, I don't know, because like I'm getting a lot of questions regarding like the client perspective. So I'm like, ooh, like these are really good questions. (laughs) Like, I don't know, you (laughs) know? But I'm trying my best. But no, no. Um, I, I really appreciate the, the appreciate the thoughtfulness and and you thinking about the the answers. Yeah, I guess like because if that person, if that client finds that underlying reason, it might be a little bit easier to assess. You know, like maybe it now isn't the right time, and I can't afford to just wait because I'm not ready to get into that yet, or like I just need more healing on my own before I like can reach out to someone not healing, but just like thought sitting with it on my own or just, I don't know. This is a lot of like person-centered me coming out, which means like I'm very, or like um, I find myself leaning a lot towards like, what are you most comfortable with? And like, what are you wanting to do? 
going along with that, who do you think could benefit from counseling or therapy? Oh, uh, anyone, everyone. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if someone think is totally good with their life and they're totally fine, you know, they can manage, they know how to manage their issues well, you know, they're, everything is really like positive. Right. Like what could that therapy bring to them? Ooh, that's a good question. I think for those people, therapy can just bring to them a more like, um, I don't want it to sound this way, but I think this is a word that comes to mind of more like an educational time. Even though things are positive, like there's always more to learn about oneself, right? And they can always do a lot of self-reflection. And even outside of that, they can learn like coping mechanisms and healthy behaviors that can not only help them, but also they can kind of provide that to people that that might benefit from that. And I just feel like even for people who do have a very positive and like overall happy and healthy life and they're they're content, I think they could still benefit from it, even if it's from a few sessions, just to like reflect. I think like reflection is a big thing and just to kind of learn more about who they are in that time. So yeah, I think it'd be beneficial for everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, are there any common misconceptions you know of or are irritated by when you <laughs> when you think about them? Um, yeah, actually, one comes to mind like straight away of, it, this doesn't irritate me, but this is a common misconception, including like the one I had for my, like for myself and going into this field. You know, when I, when I thought of counseling, it was just like, they would give advice and mm. like they would be able to like really like solve my problems or something like that. Right. I went to school, like I got into school, school started. And like one of the first things that happened was like, yeah, we're not advice givers. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I'm in the wrong school. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And so they were like, you know, if you're here thinking that you're going to be like telling people what to do, that's not it. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's, low-key kind of what I thought I would be doing. Um, not in a like bossing people around kind of way, but just like, oh, like, what should I do? And I'm like, kind of like, oh, maybe you could do this. Like, you know, but yeah, something I've learned and that I really resonate with now is that we're there to help guide that person to be in a place where they feel comfortable doing what they have decided hmm. and kind of, helping the client figure out how to do things be self-sustaining yeah to be more self yeah yeah because like the ultimate goal is for them to not come and see me anymore sure right to be healed yeah <laughs> specific yeah and so um after that i was like oh like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense yeah like <laughs> <laughs> i am in the right school <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah and so um even now like there are clients who are are like, what should I do? Or like, should I should I do this? Or like, should should I get on medication? And I'm like, you know, like that's that's really not my place because I'm not here to tell you like what to do. I'm just here to help you figure it out for yourself. Like, help you figure out you. But something that I have like conflicting feelings because I'm a believer of God who is like, I want to live for God. I want to live to glorify God, right? And so for me to constantly be telling people like it's all about you. Sometimes I, I do feel conflicted. conflicted? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So being a Christian in the work, in, in the workplace, that conflict must come up a little bit. So how do you maintain your, you know, Christian mindset while also being a counselor to these people? 
who probably aren't Christian in a lot of cases. I'm someone who thinks that like, as Christians, we can bring our faith into our workplace in whatever we do. So yeah, even in like a big, like corporate world or like counseling or being a teacher or being the firefighter that I mentioned (laughs) earlier, you know, like whatever it is, I, I think that we have an outlet and a way to bring that into our life and like our occupation. But something I thought of for myself that I wanted to do was like, I wanted to do something that was like more in the category of like serving, I guess. And like, I think that's part of why I wanted to be a teacher to kind of like help the, the common good. Kind and, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, like that. And so going into counseling, I thought like if my client were to ever ask me like, hey, like, so how do you do it? You know, how are you like here listening to all of our problems and like living in quotes, like a sane life or like an okay life? And like, I thought like, that would be my time and opportunities to self-disclose. Like it's because like my God is what I believe in, you know? But then also something I learned very early on in school was just like, you should really self-disclose with like caution and like, you shouldn't be like self-disclosing your personal, like personal beliefs, I guess, in the sense of like enforcing it, which like I never thought to enforce (laughs) my religious beliefs in that way but I think the way I deal with it is to be the most accepting and open to things that are contrary to our beliefs Hmm. so a lot of things that are on the rise is like LGBTQ plus community like seeking counseling a lot of um, adolescents having like you know gender identity crises or like crisis or like you know things like that that are a little bit more controversial in like the Christian world of like the topic and things like that. But instead of, you know, saying like, oh, I'd rather not see those people and I'd rather not do things like that. Like, I just don't think that is a true godly way to think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Christian Mm -hmm. mindset. And in those times, I just think I need to do more research on it. Or if someone who had a different religion than I did really studying upon that and studying what they do believe in so that I can be more informed in a way to help them in the best way that I can, knowing what I believe in kind of thing. And so I just try hard, like, not to be exclusive in that right, sense. Right, right. To minister, to, to serve everyone equally, in which would glorify God as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, you're, you're seeing patients now, so you probably listen to a lot of people's problems and worries and concerns in this world. How do you keep that from weighing you down personally to hear all those negative parts of the world and people's lives? Yeah. So it's really funny because a lot of my clients right now are predominantly actually like in their early to mid twenties, which is like my age group. And so a lot of their um, things that they're going through Sometimes I also am like, yeah, same. Like, (laughs) so they're like, oh yeah, like life transitions and like doing this and that. And like, I don't know what to do and, or this is what I'm going through. And yeah. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, girl, like same (laughs) or like, um, things like that. But I guess, um, for the most part, I am able to keep it like work related. Like they are the clients, like this is not about me 
like, or like, this is not something that I need to take like personally and like think about personally. I'll just try to keep it here, like in this space. And normally I am like, I am like, okay at that. But yes, there are times where after a session, I'm just kind of like, oh man, like my day could be done right now. And I'd be fine because like, that was kind of a little bit heavier, but how I handle that, you see, this is why like a lot of self-reflection, like (laughs) the school makes us do and trying to like figure out ourselves was kind of beneficial because I have a name for it. So I'm like, oh, this is just me going through, um, you know, the transference, counter-transference. So this is just me going through counter-transference. Like I'll just reflect on why that is and like what that is and like once I get the answer to that it kind of helps that I guess like that that's how I deal with it and I just give myself some I give myself some grace of like you know it's okay if I feel a little bit down like it'll be fine later and like I do a lot of um yeah I I honestly do think about like my faith life a lot in this profession and so I think I find myself a lot of times like kind of um, reflecting on it in that sense. <laughs> in a real, in a, in a very real sense, do you ever feel like your faith waning, honestly, from hearing all these, the, the pain and hurt in this world? Honestly, I, I don't think so. I'm going to say no to that because I guess I'm in this quote unquote, like advantage of knowing that the world isn't perfect. Like knowing the world isn't supposed to be a place where I'm supposed to be happy all the time and that things are going to be perfect all the time. And that, yeah. So I think because I'm in that spot, I can tell myself like here in this world, like this is a part of it. Like this is normal. I may not like it. This might also get me sad and this might also get me weighed down, but like in the end, this isn't everything. So I guess I just pray that like someday somehow one day my clients will be able to know that as well (laughs) wow that's very deep entering this final phase i I wanted to ask you to kind of bring it all back to ccpc and your christianity and your christian life Mm -hmm. i was wondering if you had any person in particular in your life or events that really helped shape you um, and further your walk with christ i say my mom because now, like now that I'm older, I can tell that she also had her like ups and downs in her walk of faith just because of hard times. Like, I don't think I ever blame God for any of my hardships. And I think I get that from my mom. So like, I don't think I've ever seen her like blame God. I guess she can question of like, you know, God, like, please let me understand why this is happening. But it was never like a pointing finger kind of thing at God. And I think she's had a lot of growth like even from when I was younger to now and it's so like beautiful for me to see and I think that's something I strive for is like that constant growth like it doesn't have to be like always upward but if you like span out and you look at the ups and downs like it's just still a constant upward like trajectory yeah and I just think that defines her faith life um which I really respect a lot and which is something that I am hoping is happening in my life right now too. <laughs> and I guess like I can really feel her prayers in my life. So like even if I I may be in my downs, like I can really feel like a lot of her prayers like for me in my life as I'm living. And I and even in hindsight, like when I look back. Thanks for sharing. That was a shout out to Mrs. Jung. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Uh 
Huajin, yeah, you, you did a great job today. <laughs> I, I, and to the audience, I, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, catch us next time. Thank you. <laughs>